but Max Headroom was like some uh, it's like some AI that 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 escaped but was slightly corrupted, which hence the Max Headroom, the slightly oh. crazy thing. It was like a it's kind of it, this being in the in the web. Because it's a, it's a long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. When was this? Nineteen eighties. Goodness gracious. Googling Max Headroom to the podcast. Hey, Paul. Hi, Janina. <laughs> yeah, Max Headroom, are you listening? <laughs> are you there still? Are you? Out in the ether. Then give us a shout out on 5G podcast at ericsson.com because that's us. It is. And uh, what are we uh, talking about today, Janina? Ericsson Mobility Report, new edition, just launched this week. And we're talking 5G and Sprint. What did they do? What did they launch? How did they do it? With our customer account. From the US. From the US. So the Sprint story and the 5G. Sprint story. Yes. Cool. Super cool stuff. But first, Paul, things have happened. And I just wanted to do a little bit of a recap of what's happened in the last couple of months. Yes. So, so yeah. wind the clock back. Because so much stuff has happened. I'm just wanting to remind everyone that we started off with the 3rd of April uh, with uh, South Korea and Verizon. Remember that? They were fighting to the end to be first. Uh, South Korea, it was uh, SK Telecom, KT and LG Plus. LG Plus. Launched 5G. Uh, in a joint network, I think it was. Uh, something like that. Yeah. A, a col collaborative nationwide uh, 5G venture. Uh, and they're growing great guns. Yeah. As, as we've said before, there's a million plus a subscribers. A million plus subscribers. Then, yeah. Yeah. And Verizon, very, very shortly after. And AT&T, very, very shortly after. After, after. That. Yep. So... The other side of the world, lots, lots happening in the US, multiple cities going live there. Yes. And then, Swisscom. Mm. April 17th. They, I think they announced, though, but that was not when they got the Spectrum. It was a few days later, so they couldn't really launch. Yeah. But, but what ties all of these together, of course, is, is, is this, I mean, like AT&T, for instance. They've had their network in place since before Christmas. Yeah. It's the it, so we're talking here about commercial service with smartphones. Exactly, uh, that's, uh, the and, commercial uh, launch. Yeah, should say. Yeah, yeah, it's a commercial launch if you sell to enterprises as well. Don't be picky, Paul. Uh, okay, I'm trying to tell a story here. Okay, uh, once upon a time. <laughs> Where were we? Uh, yeah, Telstra. Telstra, yeah. Next, May 22nd, so it was a little bit of a jump there, right? We were waiting in, in May to, for, for things to happen. We knew well, things <laughs> were going to happen in May, but uh, yeah. so suddenly it all came on stream. Yeah. yeah. Telstra, Sprint, EE, and now Etisalat, which we haven't talked about. No, Etisalat, that, that was an interesting one. That came out uh, just right. a few days ago. Yeah, on, uh, on May 30th. 
they announced that now they have, uh, or around there then, okay. Yeah. Uh, they now have gone live uh, in Dubai. United Ara Arab Emirates. And Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. And I think one other area, but I've kind of, my brain is a bit empty on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, the interesting thing there, they've got a phone we've got not seen before yes. in the market. There's a phone from ZTE. Uh, it's the Axon 10 Pro, it says here on the mm -hmm. whiteboard. Um, yes, yeah, so they have a completely different phone than everyone else. Yep. Cool. But uh, I and I did see something that there's that ZTE phone was originally planned for later in the year, so they've uh, pulled the stops out there and, and uh, put them in the market. But that's another one for the list. Mm -hmm. um, and nice. I suspect we'll see a few more per turn up before the before the year is out. For sure. Um, and then we we know that there has been announcements made for the phone, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, where they have said that they will go live. On July 3rd. July 3rd. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and in seven in seven cities then. Yep. Mm? And uh, you want to talk about three as well in the UK. They've yeah. also announced that they're going to go live. Um, and yeah, we should say Vodafone in the UK. That's yep. who, who's announced that they are going live. Mm? Mm. Uh, three in the UK. I think they're going to be live from August. But they but they're talking about twenty five towns, so it's it's possible yeah. that they could actually rush out coverage faster than some of these other guys. Yeah. So that would be interesting to see if you're if you're in Britain, five uh, G is uh, coming your way. Coming your way soon. Yeah. <laughs> Very soon. If so you, basically, if, if three, not already. Yeah, three operators already, right? Or mm. within the next few months. Yeah. So lots to choose from. Yeah, and then one other piece of news which which just popped up. China Mobile have recently announced uh, who they're going to work with for 5G in uh, China. Ooh! Um, which, uh, not surprisingly, it's, it's uh, the Chinese vendors like Huawei and ZTE, but also uh, Ericsson and uh, the, those Finnish people. Oh! <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, so that's mm -hmm. exciting. So but, but they will work with everyone. Mm? But they will work with everyone. I mean, mm -hmm. in different proportions, of course. Yeah. Uh, but that's interesting because that's you know that's that's a real step on the way to uh, you know that, that that says that things are getting real there as well. And we're expecting China when it switches on to be you know to be a big rollout, and of course, a lot of people in China. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, one of the other areas with a lot of people is India, and we're going to yes. talk about that in a minute. Ah, yes. When we get some, to our guests. Some exciting statistics about India in uh, Mobility Report. Yeah. Paul, did you want to tell Dean something as well? Dean? Yeah, we, uh, yes, I wanted to talk to Dean. <laughs> we, we, last time we were on our podcast, we talked about that uh, with the people from Imodo who were talking about the, the introduction of uh, 5G and what it could do in terms of um, how you manage uh, the, the data that, that comes out of. 5G networks, uh, and they were quite enthusiastic about uh, 5G and the opportunities to connect up stuff to 5G and use the data in a in a privacy-centric uh, uh, fashion. Uh, and uh, Dean, who listens to the podcast, he took us to task on on uh, Twitter and said, "Yeah, you're a little bit over optimistic there, aren't you?" And I, and I think we should probably just stick a hand up and say, "Yeah, we're a little bit uh, evangelical." <laughs> uh, there. Um, it's what makes this fun. I mean, I, mean, I don't think. Yeah, well, it's fun. Mm. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's nice to be disruptive, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but um, uh, yeah, I don't think we we're expecting that Wi-Fi or, and um, uh, Bluetooth are going to disappear. Uh, you know, tethering technologies, and uh, we, and again, when we look at India, that's one of the things we're going to talk about in a, in a moment. So wait for that. But uh, over time, and I think time the, to discuss what what is time then uh, we're, we're going to see cellular play a bigger role in the IoT infrastructure mm-hmm. domain. Um, and we, and, uh, because of the, the other possibilities. The yeah, it's got benefits, but, benefits, but, I, think, yeah. but mm-hmm. I think ultimately you know, what technology you use comes down to, to factors like how easy is it to deploy and mm-hmm. is it available in the shops and uh, you know, if an operator wants, to, wants people to use the mobile for for home connectivity, they need to create packages that people that, mm. that make it interesting, and, yeah. and it needs to be easy to to connect up a device and use it. For sure, it but has to do with uh, prices as well. But no, both, I, both on 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 uh, manufacturing the components and also like yeah, what mm. what kind of packages you can get for it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, as, as as a personal example, I have a Z-Wave at home, which is used for which for connecting up door sensors and things. Uh, and I live in an old building with big thick walls and, and that, and it's not very reliable, is what I would say. Uh, so if I could get something, uh, and, and the whole system connects to the internet, so mm. I can get notifications and things. Um, but, but when my Wi-Fi hub plays up, which happens every now and again, if the if the house is alarmed, I come home and I find I can't turn it off because <laughs> before I go in because it's, because it's lost the connection to the internet. Um, so uh, you know, if I could get a re- good reliable connection into all of my apartment, half my apartment has really dodgy Wi-Fi because there's this big thick wall down the middle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, there's different technologies have different advantages, and we're going to see a mix going forward. Yeah, I don't think we we try not to be too evangelical on this podcast, but uh, we do like and appreciate the com- comments uh, out there keeping us on track. <laughs> right, Paul? We do. <laughs> we do. We like everyone to engage uh, with what we're talking about, and please uh, send us, us a, yeah, send us a, a mail shout out or shout yeah. out. Yeah. But with that, let's go and hear about what's happening in India. Welcome to the podcast, Patrick Serval, uh, Editor-in-Chief, is that correct? Executive editor. Executive editor of Ericsson's Mobility Report. Mm -hmm. And you've been in this podcast before, in one of the early episodes. I have. You were here and talked about a mobility report. It was a pleasure. It was super pleasure. I think you have the honor of being the first guest we've had on twice. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Ooh, yes, wow. you are. Welcome back. <laughs> wow, I feel really privileged. Yeah, <laughs> but now now we're putting you on the spot because now, of course, the first thing we're going to ask you is like, what was wrong? You were wrong, weren't you, in the last report? Uh, yeah, that's the problem with forecasting. You're always wrong. <laughs> but in some way you get away with it <laughs> because you can change the forecast next time you come up with something. Yeah, yeah, you get uh-huh. away with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 
I mean, when we started 2011, um, and and then we had a five-year span on our forecast, and of course, after five years, we now started to reach the point when we when we passing our own earlier forecast, and then we can see how wrong we were. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. So and how wrong were we? We were yeah. quite wrong wow. in a couple of ways. We were we were um, overestimating the amount of, of subscriptions in the world. We thought that people would have dual SIMs everywhere. So it would be, mm-hmm. you know, up to 9, 10, 11 billion uh, subscriptions. Uh, but that hasn't happened. It's actually going down. We're basically getting fewer subscriptions per uh, user. Okay, so but but the the handsets have, I mean, even the, the phone I have has a possibility to have two SIMs. Yeah. It's just that that was perhaps overrated or like over... Yeah, that, we that probably that thought that more people would have uh, 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 more SIM cards in other devices. Ah, and especially yeah. we're, we're actually overestimating the amount of laptops being cellular connected and iPads mm-hmm. being cellular connected. We thought those type of devices would be enormously amount of, of, of um, devices being connected uh, on the cellular network. But that hasn't happened. So it's very actually hard to to find a laptop now that has a possibility to even even do uh, cellular some yeah. has but not yeah. all yeah but that's par- that's partly because everybody has a f- mobile phone that can you know you turn it on as a wi-fi hub wi-fi hotspot exactly so so you're actually so the usage of the cellular network from ipads and, and uh, laptops are still significant but it goes through the smartphone Mm. Yeah, and mm. I mean that's rising. I guess the the is. traffic is still rising. Yeah, but is uh, it uh, not rising as much as you thought? The, the traffic and number of smartphones uh, we underestimated. <laughs> so that has <laughs> gone. I mean that's just gone to the roof. It's amazing how f- how fast that has gone. So that's some of the things w- that we got wrong. Yeah. Um, so we're still trying to uh, you know adjust our forecast as yeah. much as we can to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you were yeah you were also quite wrong on 5G just six months ago. Exactly. <laughs> we were wrong then as well. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> so, should I... <laughs> a program I where think we you have to explain okay. yourself yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, so we'll go through all the wrong things I've done <laughs> lately. No, <laughs> that's going to be a long show. Uh, anyway, what we said in November uh, was that we thought that, we, yes, 5G is coming. There's going to be um, a lot of, of new devices on many spectrum bands. There will be a lot of, of, of uh, traffic in the networks. Coverage will, br- uh, will grow up to 2024. But now when we redid that uh, forecast, we saw that we probably underestimated the fastness or, and the momentum in 5G. So it's actually yeah. coming faster than we thought um, mm. in the sense that there's more uh, operators launching a little bit earlier than we thought. Yeah, for sure. China is going earlier than what we thought just a half a year ago. Mm. Um, operators are now going out and saying that they want 90% population coverage, uh, or basically nationwide coverage, uh, in the first year of mm. 5G. Um, like, uh, like Swisscom, for instance. Like Swisscom, yeah. and uh, even in, in Korea, yeah. they talk about that. Yeah. And if, I mean, with that momentum means that there's going to be other markets also doing that. Uh, and with more devices coming and, and more momentum on it, we basically see a much bigger take-up, or hockey stick, I would say, <laughs> you know, in terms of take-up in the le- later period of the forecast. Wow. So maybe it's not going necessarily so many more subscriptions first year. We think 10 million this year, maybe. Um, only 10 million. Only 10 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we basically reached 1 million in Korea already. Yep. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But um, uh, so up to, to 2024, we, we 
upped our forecast from 1.5 billion up to 1.9 so billion. Almost 2 billion. Yeah, almost 2 billion. Wow. So 30% increase in the forecast just <laughs> because of what we've just seen. Just over the last six months. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe we're still underestimating it and then it will go even faster. Yeah. Mm. Compared to 4G, it's going much, much faster. It is. Yeah. I guess you can get those kinds of like overview statistics when mm. you're working with the mobility report. Exactly. So now with this new uh, edition as well, what's uh, quite obvious is that you have a lot of co-written articles as well in yes. the mobility report. Yeah, and I'm I'm super happy about that. I think that that adds a lot of value to the report. Um, hopefully for everyone reading it as well, because. Um, We've had done that a little bit before, but now we have three articles uh, that are, are co-written together with operators and customers. Um, and they are, are, together we are actually trying to give as much input and insight as possible to what they are doing. Mm. Um, so we get these cases uh, where we can see what's happening. Mm. Um, so it's with Telstra in Australia, uh, uh-huh. and it's um, focusing on, on LT broadcast and their how they use that in order to, to increase um, efficiency in the network. We look at um, fixed wise access with Turkcell uh, and how they basically make sure that they get um, happy customers on their network using fixed wise access. And then um, uh, network evolution strategies with the MTS in, in Russia. Mm-hmm. And they share very openly how, how they see their own network evolving mm-hmm. um, up to 5G. Mm. And this is this is quite new that uh, actually service providers uh, uh, that they they want to write articles uh, together with you. Yes, mm. uh, and and I'm really pleased with that. And they, in many cases, they have actually come to us and asking whether we could do this together and, yeah. and wow. wanting to be part of the report. Mm. And of course, it's a value for for them as well. But but uh, as I said many times before, this is not a, a, you know sales push or marketing mm. material in that sense. It's trying to, as much as possible, just describe what's happening in the world and yeah. mm-hmm. educate and be open to that. Yeah. yeah. A bit like us. Yeah. Exactly. We'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, like to educate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and explain good. things. Explain what's things. Happening. What's happening. What's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But this is just, you do it in numbers and we do it in, in chatty voices. Yeah. I guess. That's same, same, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you mentioned Turkcell. Yes. And, and uh, I know that we've got Turkcell with us on the webinar coming up. That's true. We have a webinar and then it will be not only us uh, trying to explain what what is in the report, but uh, Turkcell will join as well to explain their article and and what they have done and how they are working with fixed wireless access. Sometimes we think that fixed wireless access is something with 5G only or I mean because it's a lot more talk Mm. about it or a little bit hype on on what 5G can do, Um, which is really great. But there is actually up to 100 operators that already today have these type of offerings mm-hmm. um, on, on 4G or 3G even. Um, so they are explaining what they do on 4G, how they are, are acquiring new customers, how they make sure that these customers actually get what they are paying for, who is a good customer in terms of where do they live, what type of signal strength do they have. So they have a process and an app and they do it very efficiently. Mm. So I'm happy that they will come and share that with us. Yeah, and on mm. that uh, webcast also you will have uh, your your 
Number yeah. specialist. Yes, we have a, a, our chief analyst, uh, Richard Muller, is going to, to join us on that webinar, and I'm uh, then I'm in safe hands. Yeah. Because uh, he <laughs> makes sure that I don't say the wrong numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at least until six months' time when you realise that the numbers that are the right That's numbers are actually the wrong numbers. Exactly. <laughs> then, then I go to him and ask him, why did you do the wrong numbers? <laughs> So hard, That's a great, great and, way and of just, working. And, and just to give it a plug, when is the webinar? Uh, on 18th of June. And so that's and next Tuesday. Yeah, and if you're interested in the webinar, there's, there's a link on our homepage. Yeah, or, and we can link it to in our uh, podcast notes as well. So mm. just check Perfect. out the so podcast one notes. morning session, one afternoon session. Mm. So wherever you are, you'll get the chance to catch one of those. Yeah, and ask your questions to yes. the chief analyst. And, yes. and, and Patrick, yeah. you will be there as well. I will be there. Try and to moderate. <laughs> Make sure that we cover, cover the interesting points. Yeah. Mm. And to Turk sell them talking about fixed wireless access. Exactly. Great. Yeah. One one other thing I saw in the in the Mobilis report, you have an article on drones. I do. That sounds like a really interesting topic. What can you tell us? Yeah, uh, it's quite interesting. We we've done a lot of, of uh, work in our own um, research department on how to use drones in different uh, ways, and this is actually quite technical uh, article. It talks about um, the problem with with loose connectors and loose clamshells, which uh, is weatherproofing the connectors to the base station. Uh, sometimes they are. If up they in up in the antenna towers. towers. So mm. high up in the antenna, this, this weatherproofing uh, in the connecting uh, the base station mm. with the coaxial cable. Um, if that is loose or not sitting tight and so on, they can get moist or, or problems in there. And and to inspect that, often the, the, what you need to do is to climb up the tower, inspect to see what's wrong, climb down, get all the parts, climb up again, and so on. Um, but if you then use a drone instead that can actually go up, and, and the drone itself is just a, m a means to get the camera, because what's happening then is that we use AI to, to detect what is a good or, or a loose or bad uh, connection. So oh. the, the camera takes you know, pictures on that uh, connection, automatically then uh, analyzes that, and with machine learning and, and, and deep learning, they basically are, are then able to actually, with a very high probability, say what is a right or good or, or a problematic uh, connection. Mm. And then you just need to climb those ones with the spare parts and change them. So yeah, you and you have the spare part with you already, because exactly. you know what the problem is. You know is. what the problem is mm. and, and so on, and you can mm. fix it. So. Which means that you reduce the amount of tower climbs with with fifty percent, mm. which is super good, both you know efficiency, about security aspects and of and climbing and, and so safety, on. and safety. Yeah. That's what mm. I mean. So um, that's quite interesting how we actually use AI in a more more pragmatic way, what it actually means. Mm. Mm. Uh, so we try to explain that. Yeah, basically how we use uh, AI and drones in our own work. Yeah, mm. Mm. exactly. Mm. Making sure that the industry works and the connection is is what it should be. Yeah. Anything else? You have something, your favorite fact. Yes, my favorite number is 9.8. <laughs> and we'll leave it with Ev. Yeah, yeah that's you, it. Do <laughs> you need a sim or? It's 9.8. 9.8, yeah. what is that? It's 9.8 gigabyte per month. This is um, the average smartphone user per month using in India. Wow. Uh, per month. 
Would what? you have thought that? No. No. <laughs> I don't think I even use that much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. So the average, uh, India has just increased enormously in terms of u- traffic users the last year. Um, they had this uh, Reliance Geo that launched their big network. They got a lot of users up on top of that. And, um, and uh, they are using their, their um, smartphone as a hub at home, basically. So mm. I mean, they don't have that much fiber or, or fixed broadband. So that means they use it for, for much, much for more for things. Everything. For everything. Yeah. So that's um, the use for the... To, to the TV series yeah, and everything at home, basically. The so mobile hotspot. It's a mobile hotspot, mm. exactly. Mm. So it's up to 9.8. And that's higher than any other region of the world. Wow. So they surpass the other regions by mm. far, actually. Mm. Um, and the next is Northeast Asia and North America is, ra- is around seven right now. But, but I suspect if you look inside the regions, then you find countries like Finland, where, where, where they also have a very high Exactly. Usage. I think in yeah. Finland, you actually have up to 15 gigabytes yeah. already in some networks mm. yeah. in average usage. Wow. And um, Scandinavia usually is very, very high. Um, so, but, but, but that's because we talked about fixed wireless access, and there normally you talk about setting up a system that, that, mm. that has a box on the house, and you and you fire, you know, your mobile network into in to the to the building, and then you have a and then you have your broadband at home. Mm. But this is like fixed wireless access. But yeah. using just using yes. a mobile phone, it's, yeah, it's yeah. no special installation. I just take my phone and put it and turn it into a hotspot and and start doing whatever I want to do. Yes, yeah. basically. So, so I mean, what's interesting, of course, is that that when you then compare with other regions, um, they tend to have a lot of users also on Wi-Fi. So in in the in North America or the US, particularly, you, we often count that two thirds of the traffic goes over Wi-Fi at home. Mm. Mm. And one third is then on, on the cellular. Yeah. So with seven gigabyte per month on cellular, they probably use another 14 at home or over Wi-Fi and so on. Mm. So in usage per smartphone, they are higher. Mm. And that's also why we think that the, the, the growth in the coming years is going to be quite high in those regions. So mature markets, a lot of more economic uh, ability to actually spend more also on the both from a network side and from a consumer side. While in India, it's going to be hard to see wh- where what's happening. And then right now, we think that, that they will continue to increase. But maybe this is a little bit of a, they did a leap jump. Um, so we believe they're going to end up 18 gigabyte per user in 2024. But let's see. If this growth they have continues, we will definitely be wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the only thing you can ever say about a forecast is yes. when you get in five years' time, you look back and decide it was wrong. Yes, <coughs> exactly. So, but uh, the, the thing I want to ask you is, of course, now you have all the numbers to see how things are are moving. Can I ask you what's happening in Sweden? What's happening in Sweden? <laughs> <laughs> I hope a lot is happening in Sweden. Okay. Um, because we're not getting I 5G here yet. Still, but um, I think if you a l- little bit further ahead, I think uh, I said it in another, uh, another interview as well, that I think half, at least half of, of all Swedes will have a 5G phone in 2024. So uh, wow. mm-hmm. in the yeah. average, uh, what we believe in, in Western Europe is that around 40% of the subscriptions will be uh, 5G. Mm-hmm. And I think Sweden will be higher than that. So mm. over 50%. That's my f- forecast. Mm. So, so do you have, <laughs> have you forecasted a time when, when Sweden will get 5G networks? 
No, we haven't. Yeah. Uh, okay, just somewhere is, in the... Yeah, I mean, and, and that's quite interesting because in, in, in Europe there was also a lot of this discussion. Are, are the regulators a little bit late maybe to, to sign? I think they are. Um, and right now our, um, our forecast depends on the fact that, that operators are able to build their network mm. and, and, of course, support the capacity so it's the growth. Availability of spectrum. Availability yeah. in spectrum, yeah. yeah. So if that is delayed uh, quite a lot, then we're wrong again. <laughs> and then we probably need to adjust um, down some of these markets and, mm. and our expectations on, on subscriptions and, and, uh, mm. and traffic. But I, I do think that by 2024, most of these things will have sold. And, and the, the quick, I, I think that the mass scale uptake will go quicker this time. It's, I mean, we're 5 billion smartphone users in the mm. world. Um, and we change phone every three, four years or whatever, uh, sometimes every second year. And, and when you have a good 5G network, good 5G coverage, and there is a lot of 5G phones out there, you will get a 5G phone when you change mm. one. So mm. it goes so much faster because we have an ecosystem of, of, of uh, already set, which is so much bigger than when 4G came. Mm. 4G just came two years after the first smartphone, so very few had the smartphone. So it was a bigger step, mm. bigger leap to go from a feature phone, normal phone, to a smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing stuff. And uh, I hope we can bring you back on this podcast in six months' time to be wrong. Again. Again. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm, sorry for, I'm sorry for letting you down. <laughs> we love when you're letting us down again, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you so much Thank you. for being yeah. here. So with that, let's go and hear what's happening in America. Yeah. And uh, welcome over Skype. Thank you. Uh, Ajit Bhatia, you are uh, Vice President of marketing and head of customer marketing for North America. Welcome to the podcast. Within Ericsson, of course. Yes, yeah. of course, within Ericsson. Yes, thank you. <laughs> this is a, an Ericsson <laughs> podcast. And we've talked to your colleague, uh, Peter Linder, before on this podcast. In yes, the previous Peter, is, um, Peter is, a, is a great colleague of ours and very knowledgeable in the areas of 5G. Yeah. And Peter and I work very closely together. Um, in the marketing organization, you know, supporting all of our customers as they um, bring 5G to market. Yeah. And, and, and of course, it's always a great pleasure to speak to people from North America because you guys have 5G <laughs> and we don't. <laughs> well, actually, we do. <laughs> we have some we sneaky do. 5G we up on the wall in, in the uh, streets around Shista. But, yeah. uh, but uh, you guys have it for real. Yeah. Yes. And this is what yes, we want we to learn more about what you are be have been doing recently launching 5G networks one at a time. Yes. I mean, I think I think this is a, a very exciting time, as they say, if you're a Game of Thrones fans, winter mm. is coming. I say 5G is here. Yeah. Um, 5G is here. 5G is here loud and clear. Um, you know, we have um, in North America, you know, very proud to say that uh, we have agreements to um, launch 5G with every single one of our uh, customers, which is fantastic. And of course, globally, as you know, um, we have, you know, 47 plus operator agreements and um, more than seven live 5G networks globally. Um, we in the US were privileged to help support the Sprint's 5G launch um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so very recently. End of, 
end of May, right? That's correct. On yeah, May they, 30th. they yeah. announced it a bit earlier and then they said they would launch in May and we were waiting for them to yeah. launch. Yeah. And <laughs> well, they yes, they yes. announced it at, at, in February. We were in, in Barcelona, I think, yeah. or mm -hmm. around that time. Yeah. And as Janina said, we, we've been ticking off the uh, ticking off the weeks now, saying it's supposed to be in May sometime. <laughs> we should hear about it any day now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true indeed. Um, Sprint and and we were part of that um, announcement in uh, Mobile Congress Barcelona, where they basically uh, revealed that they would be launching 5G in the U.S. sometime in the May timeframe. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, we have been feverishly working with them to uh, be part of the launch, which actually happened on May 30th. So um, as you probably read in the news, uh, Sprint announced the 5G launch, and they did it on one day, and they simultaneously um, launched the market in four cities. Um, the reason it was very exciting for Ericsson in multiple ways. Number one, um, we are proud to be a partner of Sprint. We've been you know, a great uh, part partner of Sprint for quite a while now, and this was sort of the latest iteration of, of demonstrating, you know, how we work together. So that was one very exciting thing, clearly. Um, the other piece that was very unique about this was that um, Ericsson was the only network provider that was part of the launch. The four mm. cities that were launched by Ericsson and Sprint uh, they were all Ericsson market. Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Atlanta. Yes, yes. Dallas, Fort like Worth, it. Houston, Atlanta, and Kansas City. That's correct. Yeah. Cool. So if you're listening to the podcast and you have a 5G phone in any of those places, you're on an Ericsson network. Oh. <coughs> that is uh, abs that's absolutely that, correct. And I haven't worked out yet why we why you haven't made it so that when when you're on an Ericsson network, it comes up with a little three sausages. <laughs> Instead of the 5G icon and then the little three sausages, everybody needs to know <laughs> that w that we make the network. Yeah, we're a bit uh, we're a bit invisible. It's a bit invisible who's actually providing the network behind, but that's uh, that's really cool. So, how was the launch? You, they launched at this on the same day in four uh, different cities. How did that go? What did you? What, yeah. what happened? It, it was it was it was very exciting, and as usually these launches go, it's pretty uh, it's held pretty closely. Now, of course, we were working with Sprint um, feverishly in the background, getting you know obviously the infrastructure ready, launch, uh, the, the networks ready, but then on the wow. marketing side, which is um, where me and my team came in, uh, there was a lot of um, a lot of feverish excitement, I would say, in launching this because um, it was going to be what I call a grand reveal. Mm -hmm. And usually what happens is we do it in, in a place and we have a press release and a media briefing. Sprint, in this case, I think did it brilliantly where they decided that they would actually have a simultaneous launch in all four markets with all of their executives and our executives placed in those markets to launch it on that day. So on May 30th, um, we actually had folks on the ground um, with um, with the media invited, where the Sprint CEO, um, Michelle Combs, uh, the Sprint uh, CTO, um, John Saw, and then we had our own Frederick Dijling, who is um, head of BA Networks, participated in, in two of the market launches. Mm. Um, so, and then we had, um, we had other executives also placed in Houston and Atlanta uh, to, to launch um, on that particular day. And part of the launch, uh, which made this even more exciting, was that um, they actually had a live demonstration in the 
cities that they were launching after um, the, the analyst and the, and the media briefing was completed. Um, so that was that was really cool because if you think about the Sprint um, 5G launch, they have a very large tranche of spectrum in the 2.5G um, in 2.5 gigahertz, which is considered mid-band spectrum. Right. Yep. And that's part of what makes this unique uh, from a Sprint perspective as compared to some of the other operators who are operating on a different higher frequency band. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so some of the other U.S. operators, they're in what we talk about millimeter wave, yeah. uh, high band spectrum. Mm -hmm. But not sprints. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing yes. theirs in mid-band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, the launch that uh, that Sprint had was on 2.5. Now, 2.5 uh, is, is mid-band, so they already have 4G uh, LTE on 2.5. And when you launch 5G on 2.5, as an example, one of the unique things you can do is you can actually have uh, what is called a um, uh, an equivalent coverage. So the footprint that you had on 4G is the same footprint you would have on 5G. So you ah. literally, wherever you can use 4G, um, you can also use 5G, and that made it very unique. As yeah. opposed to, as you as you know, and you've probably talked to others before. Um, you know, there are different benefits that accrue based on um, the type of technology you're using uh, for 5G. So 5G, generically speaking, certainly brings a whole lot of benefits, as you're aware. Yeah. Now, the higher the band, the more focused um, the coverage and the narrower the coverage, but the higher the speed. Yeah. So there's a trade-off between the two, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we actually talked about Spectrum on a podcast right back in the beginning, mm. sometime at the end of last year. Yeah. But this uh, means then, I mean, if they're going for mid-bands, that they, they won't see the super high speeds uh, at the moment. But instead, they are focusing on getting coverage. Yeah, and I think, I think a, a good analogy or a good comparison would be um, today, most people on any network, including uh, 4G for the most part here in the U.S., are used to a certain level of speeds, right? Uh, and I think the messaging and, and the reality of 5G is an example, regardless of whether you have millimeter wave, right, which is, you know, extremely high um, uh, frequency, or you have mid-band like 2.5, the fact is that the speeds that you would see compared to 4G LTE are going to be um, 10x or significantly higher uh, by a, a huge proportion, geometric proportion. So uh, right off the bat, I think regardless of whether you have 2.5 or you have 28, 39 um, gigahertz millimeter wave spectrum, you will see a huge increase in speeds. Um, so that was the one thing that um, uh, w was pretty evident even in the demonstration that Sprint did, uh, with the exception of the fact that with 2.5, as an example, you could actually drive down the street and traverse entire swaths of the city and be on 5G coverage, which ah. you may or may not have depending on um, what spectrum you're using. So if you have a higher band spectrum, um, your your coverage um, would be more concentrated, if you will, within a uh, much smaller geography as opposed to 2.5. And one of the I think one of the unique and interesting things um, that Sprint did on that particular day is they were the only ones that actually published a map of the metro areas that they had launched. Yeah. Mm. And because they had 2.5, that was one of the reasons they could do that. Because mm. you can't 
do that with um, millimeter wave. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I've seen the coverage maps uh, from from John, the tweets of John Saw. It, it is uh, it is quite quite fun. Uh, it brings me back to the old days of when you when you that's actually had zero coverage in those white areas. At least you, now you can go down to four G or three G there. But uh, but yeah, the five G coverage looks pretty good. Mm. Yeah, tweet, and that was that was John Saw. That was like a book by Mark Twain. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> Sorry, Ajit. <laughs> no, no, it's it's okay. I um, I think the other the other um, important thing to note here is, uh, so, alongside the fact that these are pretty pretty major areas, so you're 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 now talking about, you know, millions of customers being able to instantly access five G wow. uh, on on this network, right? I mean, you've got. You know, half a million people in the Atlanta area, uh, same about the same in Kansas City, probably a little more. Um, you know, Dallas Fort with this huge metropolitan area, top ten in the country. You know, uh, 1.5 million people, uh, 800,000 people in Houston, um, right, would be covered. Hundreds of miles of coverage. So, I mean, this is this is the difference between this particular launch and and the and the I would say the scale and the scope of what you can do with mid-band. Now, mm. of course, you can make the same argument on the higher band side where you can say, you know what, I can actually enjoy multi-gigabit speeds on millimeter wave, which you might not get to enjoy on the mid-band, but you get a huge amount of benefit compared to 4G LTE. Mm. So regardless for us, it's a it's a win-win uh, for any of the customers that are getting on 5G. And Ericsson's just you know, proud to be part of any of these launches. This is the latest launch that we just had last week. So um, it was very exciting to be part of that. Mm. Yeah, and and I heard that uh, was it, we, we used a particular technical solution in rolling this out with the, um, what, what was it called, the split mode? Uh, yeah, Massive MIMO that, that we actually showed at Mobile World Congress with this LG phone, which I'm uh, thinking they launched as well because they have, they have an LG phone as their offering uh, yeah. 5G phone. So that's really cool. What what does that mean? Yeah. So this this is this is exactly right, and this is what we bring to the partnership. So obviously we we are great um, technology enabler and innovator, and and what Sprint is using in their network to power um, their their five G markets is is what we call these massive MIMO radios, as you as you mentioned. Um, basically. Um, it's it's a very it's a very unique radio which um, which you you bring several capabilities to the table right and what what Sprint is launching so, so number one the radios that we've had in in the in the marketplace are all upgradable to 5G so this is you know a software upgrade but this radio is capable of not only operating on 4G so if you remember last year we had an announcement where Sprint had agreed to deploy massive MIMO radios all over their footprint. Well, the, strategically, um, you know, that was, you know, pre-planned because they knew that once 5G was available and once the NR standard was, um, you know, was, was formal, all we needed to do is basically turn on 5G on the same radio. And so now what you can do with a massive MIMO radio is you can literally have one radio that supports 4G and 5G simultaneously, which brings lots of benefits, as you can see, uh, to to the operator and to the customer. Like, you wouldn't need to um, change 
you know, phones is an example from an ecosystem perspective. You wouldn't need to change the software and the radios. You have one radio with all the antennas that could actually be configured to provide multiple um, technologies, right, depending on what applications that you are looking to support on the phone. Some that might require, you know, extremely high speeds. Um, for example, you know, if you're looking for download a movie, well, then you use the 5G piece. And then if you're really looking for something that requires, um, you know, a different set of speeds that does not require high speed and instantaneous access, then you could, you know, take advantage of 4G. Mm. So the massive MIMA radio supports that and um, it provides that end-to-end -end, um, 5G experience and this split mode that you just mentioned um, that is basically what enables simultaneous 5G and LTE um, capability. Wow. So it's very exciting. Yeah, yeah and it sounds like they were really strategic in this uh, build-out then. Uh, pretty pretty clever way of, of doing things and doing it yeah. th then to, to get this uh, the coverage uh, first and yes. foremost, but, yeah. but I think you see that even it, you know even in in other markets where uh, operators are doing 4G modernization, they're they're actually looking to the future and saying, well, if I'm going to put 4G, you know, if I'm going to replace equipment and and uh, refresh my 4G mm. network, I need to do it in a way which is going to take me to 5G. Yeah, because, well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, clever, <laughs> probably. I mean, that's probably a good way to save money. In the long run, yeah, right, right, and I, I think, I think, I think Sprint, amongst others, are absolutely looking to, you know, scale their business, uh, and I think this is a, an excellent way of where Ericsson shows, you know, how we can help our customers scale their business, providing efficiencies on the technology side, so that they can serve more customers, you know, today and tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, in this particular case, as mentioned, you know, it's a new world out there, right? We, you know, the demand for, you know types of application that not existed before mm. Mm. will be possible for 5G and so we need to be ready to provide those types of capabilities so that you know things like you know um, um, you know infotainment as an example extremely high speed downloading HD movies um, 3D capabilities I would say um, yeah. robotics artificial intelligence you know that um, self-driving cars all of these capabilities require things that uh, 5G is going to enable. And so Sprint, as an example, um, made this point very clear that says, you know, with 5G technology and with the uh, changing needs and demands of the marketplace, this is what uh, this is why um, we're going to be able to um, differentiate ourselves using this technology to get to those industries uh, on an end-to-end -end basis. And it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily, um, uh, you know, not use 4G technology. It's going to be around for for a while. It, it's mm. got um, you know it's got extremely. Um, but what you can do with 4G and 5G simultaneously, you can be a little more intelligent and efficient in how you configure your network so that you optimize the customer experience, but you also optimize your business yeah. how you operate it by having this extra capability. You can target certain ecosystems and industries that you weren't able to do before and now you can do it in a, in a, in a more intelligent way. Mm? Yeah. Before, because I know we have to let you go very, very soon now, but before we go, uh, do you see, uh, what, I mean, what is Sprint doing now in the near future? They are launching new cities, right? More cities. And of course with other equipment vendors as well, but uh, is that the next step now? Uh, or are they, yes. And are they having any other plans? 
Yes, so I think I think what they announced in Barcelona early this year, they announced nine cities, and um, they launched the Force Four, and so five cities are remaining to be launched, um, and the good news for us was the first four markets that were launched were all Ericsson markets. So today for Sprint, we are the only network provider that is providing 5G for Sprint. Now, they have announced that they would be coming up with the, the remainder of the five. They haven't provided us with details, but yes, um, the way this, the way, um, so Sprint's got multiple um, network infrastructure providers. Our competitors are, um, also in the mix, and so the anticipation is that the additional markets that are coming are going to be split um, not only with Ericsson, but then also two of our competitors. Mm -hmm. So you will see that coming. Um, I think the plans um, as far as how they're going to launch this with the other uh, competitors are unknown, at least from my standpoint. Yeah. yeah. My <laughs> expectation, it would be, it would be, the big news was this was their first 5G launch, and there was a big splash, and we were very happy to be part of it. Yeah. yeah so if there's anyone, sure. if there's anyone listening from those two vendor companies, maybe they can send us a mail with, yeah. their, with their plans. <laughs> Please do. Uh, five G, <laughs> five G podcast at Ericsson.com if you want to share your your plans with us. Uh, so thank you, Ajit, and we'll let you go. Uh, thank you for participating, and thank you for listening, everyone out there. And bye. Bye. Bye bye.